Welcome back, DGI Multiverse. This is DGI Mark of the Dad's Got Issues podcast. This is issue number 51. Um, and our first of our new uh, release uh, schedule. Uh, I know this one's coming out live a little late, um, but with some scheduling stuff worked out, we should be able to get these out on time to you um, earlier in the day, around 9 a.m. on Wednesdays for our Inside the Rope um, issues. Um, myself and Charlie are here today. Um, I'm actually currently watching, um, AEW Dynamite and NXT live simultaneously, um, in the cave. Um, so I know Charlie is watching NXT, I believe, correct? That is correct. All right. So maybe we'll talk a little bit about what's going on in front of us, but until then we'll talk about some of the stuff that has happened uh, over the last week. Uh, we're going to do brief coverage of Raw because not a whole lot happens on Raw because it's Raw. Um, but we did get a lot of movement in the main event title picture leading in the fast lane on the road to WrestleMania. Um, obviously, if you watched Elimination Chamber, you saw that The Miz cashed in and found himself on the winning end of a Bobby Lashley beat down a Drew McIntyre with the Money in the Bank contract. Um, the Miz made a deal with MVP um, backstage prior to the, the chamber match um, that said, "Hey, you know we're gonna, you know we're gonna go out there and destroy Drew after the match. You win, but we're guaranteed a title shot." So that was cool um, to see that and see that kind of play out. However, obviously the Miz was like, you know, trying to be the Miz and weasel his way out of his his deal with MVP and Bobby Lashley, but um, Shane basically came out, made Lashley wrestle uh, Strowman, which just seemed like a, you know, unnecessary thing to do. But I think they're building right now Strowman versus McShane for WrestleMania for some reason. Um, but yeah, so we ended up getting Bobby Lashley winning that match, setting up the, the world title ma- or heavyweight title match on Monday night. Um, this past week, um, or this past Monday night, uh, were you surprised that they prolonged it out the way they did? Oh, uh, no, not really. Not at all. Like, <laughs> I, I honestly, like, I'm like, this is, this is classic. Like, we know we're not getting viewership hour to hour. Like our numbers probably, their numbers probably peak around like, you know, nine thirty ten, and then probably drop off. Um, so they, they kind of knew like, okay, well, if you say, okay, at 9 PM, we're going to wrestle this match at 10 PM, we're going to wrestle this match. So even if you don't want to watch the entire show, right. If you tune in, you know, at nine or 10, you're, you're probably going to see a title match, right? I mean, Hey, kudos to WWE. It is, it, it is smart tactics, but, um, so obviously the Miz weasels out the first, you know, Bell call said he you know, had stomach cramps. I don't know whether it was on his period or whatnot. Um, but uh, then the second time, he just takes the count out, you know, loss, which obviously doesn't change hands um, as a result. Um, and then finally, the third match, they came out. It was a lumberjack match, and Bobby Lashley went over in dominating fashion, um, in my opinion. Um, I don't have an issue with it. I have zero issue with Bobby Lashley winning the world title before Fastlane and carrying it into WrestleMania. Do I wish The Miz would have had a more defined title reign for like a, like you know something that was more substantial to his character and what he's kind of earned over the last couple of years? Sure. 
But I don't think the Miz is where he was, say, two years ago when he cut that promo on Daniel Bryan on Talking Smack. Like, he was at a different level of performance at that point, right? He was going in week in and week out, putting on these great matches as the IC champion. He was defending his title against, like, legitimate opponents, you know, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, like guys that, you know, kind of legitimized his reign, especially even if he wasn't winning, you know, clean all the time, he was still winning and defending the belt regularly. Unfortunately, I don't think he's really take, I don't think he's really taking a lot of time off or anything. It's not really, he's just kind of been forced to the for you know, forced to the shadows, so to speak. This, yeah, te- you know, um, the, the teaming with John Morrison's really, I think in my opinion has hurt him more than it's helped him. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it helps, um, bring John Morrison back into, you know, uh, I guess, well, I guess it's getting John Morrison on TV. The problem is that, you know, he's made to look like a loser and yeah, he's a super talented guy. I just, I, well, I mean, it's no secret, right? I'm not a fan of comedy guys like no. being involved in, in anything that's important. Like our truth, eh, whatever. Because the the twenty four seven championship doesn't mean anything. But, He's a twenty four seven seven eighty five. Right, seven eleven i ninety five European champion of the world, uh, European TV champion or something. But yeah, man, like uh, no, I, I mean, I wish the Miz had a much longer run, but I it think, is what it is. I think this gives the Miz opportunity for a decent summer program in some way, shape, or form. Like I think we all kind of agreed. I mean, at least me and you probably agree um, that The Miz is in line to wrestle Damian Priest and uh, Bad Bunny at WrestleMania, whether we like it or not. So if that's the case, I get it. You know what I mean? I hate to say this, like The Miz right now probably has the most mainstream appeal outside of, you know, the WWE. Like he does the most outside of the company in way of entertainment as an, a weekend and week out, you know, actor so to, or, or, you know, celebrity, so to speak. So putting him in the ring with Bad Bunny makes sense. You know, like I, like I said, you know, apparently this, this partnership with Bad Bunny has been fruitful enough for the WWE that they're keeping him around. And, you know, I have to say most celebrities don't last but a week or, you know, like a week or two. They don't last two, three months, if Bad Bunny is all is, is on WWE television all the way up to WrestleMania, I mean, as a fan, at some point, you got to respect the fact that at least he's showing up. He has actually been on television on Raw more than Brock Lesnar probably was his entire reign as the WWE or Universal Champion on Raw. <laughs> like, it go, like, it just goes to show you, like, if it's working for WWE, they're, you know, I'm happy for him. But, um... Yeah, so obviously the Miz ends up dropping the belt to Bobby Lashley. Me and Charlie had this, you know, talk through through text the other day after the you know the Bobby you know he won, and we both said the same thing. Like a year ago, I wouldn't want Bobby Lashley anywhere near my main event title picture. We legitimately put on our our Instagram a picture of Bobby Lashley side by side with a paper bag, like me saying yeah. like he's that's how bland he is and how. I didn't give a crap about what he was doing. Um, but the moment he and MVP aligned and he got out of the Lana storyline and all the stupid stuff they were doing with that, 
the moment him and MVP aligned and they added Shelton Benjamin and they added um, Cedric Alexander, me and Charlie, all, we've been saying for the last, what, probably better part of a year to this point, MVP's been the MVP of WWE. He has elevated all the talent around him. He is by far the best manager in the company, like period. And obviously he still gets involved. He can wrestle. He can go even, you know, it's not like he's, he's, he's got a ton of ring roster. He's not fun though. He's actually fun to watch in the ring. He's clearly taking care of himself. So it's cool to see that not only is, has he elevated guys like Shelton Benjamin and, you know, Cedric Alexander to a level that they, they, they had never seen before. These guys weren't getting regular television time. They weren't getting exposure. And now they're multiple champions. You know, Shelton Benjamin obviously won the 24-7 title at the beginning of her business, but he's also a tag champion now. I would not be surprised if some point in time Cedric Alexander doesn't set his sights on the U.S. title and move off the tag titles. But at the same time, it's just, it's unbelievable the 180 that MVP has allowed guys like Bobby Lashley to do in just the last year. I'm actually excited for the prospect of Bobby Lashley wrestling in a main event or co-main event capacity for WrestleMania. And I've never thought I would say that in, in a million years. Um, so kudos to WWE. Um, do I think he needed to win it like as quickly as he did? No. I think they should have saved that for, for backlash or for, for fast lane. Cause I mean, I guess my thought process is they're going to give Roman and Daniel Bryan the time to work at Fastlane. Um, but I would have much preferred to see Bobby Lashley take it at the pay-per-view than on Monday Night Raw. But obviously he did it in such dominating fashion. I'm kind of glad it was reserved for television. Um, I know you, you were saying the other day you you could really care less that he's, yeah. he's got the belt or that he's going to, you know, potentially be wrestling at mania i feel like so him being champion fine whatever um is what it is but uh that said the wwe title picture is not something that has excited me it hasn't in in a minute because like it's just it's super stale it's super boring like there isn't anyone where i'm like yeah they deserve to be wwe champion right now like yeah. And, and 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 no disrespect to everybody that's been involved with the belt. It's just there hasn't been a story where it's like, yep, I want them so, to like I want Drew McIntyre to be champ. Yeah, okay, yeah. cool for him, good for him. Or uh Bobby Lashley being champ. Miz cashing in. That was the most exciting thing that's happened with the WWE championship in over a year. Yeah. And the thing is is so, so like it's it's funny because you say that because I, I you know it Obviously, me and Charlie talk a ton. We do this show together. We, you know, we 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 try to keep most of our opinions or like takes on things to the you know close to the vest between once and another. Like we we don't want to share too much because then once we get on, it's kind of like we're just rehashing a conversation we already had. Um, we like to have an authentic conversation about this stuff. I'm in another wrestling chat though with two buddies of mine. I mean, this is a chat that we've had now going on for a better part of you know two years. Um, in the last week, the conversation has just been about the reign of Drew McIntyre um, and the reign, you know, that he, he you know, what, what our thought process is where, it, you know, and I guess in the pantheon of champions, we find him, right? Um, 
I like Drew McIntyre. Like, I think his look, I think his in-ring, his in-ring work is second to none. The fact that him and Sheamus open Raw Monday with a match that is main event worthy in and of itself. They, I mean, those guys have a, a tremendous amount of in-ring chemistry. And they would have made a good championship program. Do I think it's WrestleMania worthy? Absolutely not. But my thought process is Drew was much better. And I think I've said this before. Drew is much better in the chase. When Drew is playing the hungry baby face who is just looking for his opportunity to take the title back or get the title in the first place like he had last year from Lesnar. At that point, that's when Drew is most interesting. That's when his rah-rah programs or promos and like, you know, I'm the Scottish psychopath. Like that stuff is, that's when he's the most compelling as a character in wrestling to me, as a baby face. When he's a heel and he does a Scottish psychopath thing and he's just tearing through people, that's great too. But we have so many good heels in WWE right now, that would be a wash for him to go back that direction. Right. Well, and that's, and that's the biggest problem. And that, yes. And that's what I was going to get, in, get into is that's the biggest problem for him on Raw. Is there is no there is no clear cut heels. I think Lashley would have been the best up and coming heel type character that would have gave Drew a run for his money. Now we, we put out a promo or a, a graphic on our our Instagram and Facebook this week after Bobby won and said you know basically posed the question of who who do we think is going to challenge him if he makes it through Fastlane? And you know I think the two clear cuts are either Lesnar. Or Drew McIntyre. And I know Lesnar hasn't been around. We don't even know if he's technically under contract. Like, whatever the questions that, that surround that, that thought process. But this is a match that Vince has been fucking yearning for for a better part of a decade. I think if you tell Lesnar, like, hey, we're going to pay you your $2 million or a million or whatever the money it is it's going to get to have him come back for that match, just explain to him, hey, come in shape, ready to go for 10 to 12, maybe 15 minutes. And you and Bobby just put on a, you know, put on a a true clinic. These are two former MMA guys who have tremendous power. They both have a a minor wrestling. Lesnar's obviously a heavyweight champion in wrestling, but you know, Bobby has a, has a a smaller experience. And I think they could put on, even at their age, I think they could put on a good match. And a match that would be way more interesting than most people would expect. Because Lashley can't just step in the ring with Lesnar and put him into the full Nelson and then they call it a day. And if they allow him to do that to Lesnar, then Bobby Lashley is going to be world champion or WWE champion for the foreseeable future. Because if you let him bury Lesnar, I don't know who beats Bobby, like who convinces us enough that they, they can beat Bobby Lashley. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's, that's my thought process behind that. But yeah, so I'm like I said, I'm compelled either way. I'll take a Drew or a Brock Lesnar program to this point. What I don't want to see is just some random challenger. Because then you know Bobby's going to be opening the show at Mania. He's not going to get his due. Like, I'm just not interested in that. The guys waited 17 years to get to this spot. Put him in a main event. Because what I'm assuming is because it's two nights, they're going to have the Raw title one night or the, the world title one night. And then the universal title the next. Right. Um, well, 
going to be Saturday. Yeah. It's not going to be Sunday. They're, they're putting Roman and Edge, Edge on, Sunday. on Sunday night. Yeah. But yeah, so, I mean, like we said, that that was kind of like the only thing that really sparked our interest. This whole Randy Orton Fiend thing, like, I'm letting you know right now, because I, I do have full intentions of purchasing a, a WrestleMania ticket and going to Tampa if and when they come on sale. If I am sitting in a hot-ass Florida stadium for the second time in my life watching Randy Orton and The Fiend wrestle at WrestleMania in a theatrical bullshit match, I'm going to be fucking livid. Because I sat well, through that shit. Prepare for it. I sat through that shit in Orlando where they did, like, the ring projection. And, and it was bad. That match was fucking bad. They don't need to do it, but they're going to. And I'm just not not happy with it. But it is what it is. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, that kind of wraps up Raw for the last two weeks, to be honest. I mean, there's really not much that, that else that happened. Yeah. Um, so we get, um, we'll go into NXT results from the, um, last week. Um, big week as far as matches go. There was a lot of wrestling on last week's NXT and I'm noticing that a lot. Like WWE is definitely gone away from tons and tons of talking, even on Raw. Raw this past Monday night, I think there was like eight matches, if I'm not mistaken. Whether they were quick matches or long matches or whatever, they're still wrestling. They're still sending people out and putting them on TV, which is good. WWE needs to do more of that. Not everything needs to be a 15, 20-minute promo and then a two-minute match. Um, so I'm exci- I was happy to see that. Um, I guess the big news out of NXT, though, before we get into the matches from last week, over the last week, is it's a rumor at this point, and we posted about it. At, at this point, there is zero validity to this. There's been no release, press release. There's been no nothing about this other than another podcast that apparently has had tremendous either luck or success in the past of predicting things that the company does. Um, I don't know if their track record is as good as ours, but... They said that from a very reliable source that WWE was going to be moving NXT to Tuesday nights. Um, and we haven't been a big pusher of the Wednesday, uh, of the Wednesday night war trope, right? We haven't really like focused in on ratings, things like that. You know, we've talked about it once or twice when NXT's put up really good numbers or AEW's put up really good numbers comparative to one another, but it's never been something we've hearkened on. But we know the internet does. What do WWE marks and NXT marks say to this? WWE's never flinched off a night, right? In, in, in the Monday Night War era, they, they would have never moved SmackDown from Thursdays be, you know, if Thunder was st- is running concurrent, right? They, they just wouldn't have done it. They wouldn't obviously would never move Monday Night Raw because of Monday Night Nitro. Do we think they, they, they are doing this in the sense of business of like, okay, well, we're, we're pulling in a little less than a million viewers a week, you know, give or take, you know, usually 750 to 800,000. If we move to Tuesday, we're no longer splitting our market with AEW. We can now pull in that AEW crowd. Do you think that's what they're going for here? Or do you think they're just generally saying like, we don't, we don't fucking care about this head to head anymore. We just want to. We want to get away from everybody comparing the two brands and just have our, our brand be on its own. Yeah. I, I think it's more the latter, right? I think it's, I don't think they care about the, the head to head stuff as much as people say they do. I think uh, AEW cares more. 
Oh yeah, I, I would I would believe that too. And they're gonna they're gonna look at this as like some sort of like, haha, we uh, we put a chink in the armor of the yeah. the machine, and it's like, oh no, no, because you know just as WWE isn't getting the numbers that they want, AEW isn't getting the numbers that that they would want either, right? Because yeah. the people are what like like me. I watch NXT before I watch AEW. Well, see, I'm not a bad wrestling so, fan. I'm giving them both ratings right now. Yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> more wrestling fans. You know, more wrestling fans should, don't be, have... should be like me and have multiple TVs. That's how you do things. Yeah, well, Support I don't. Fans. I don't have that Bruce Wayne money. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but but still, you know, you know what I'm saying. Like, it, to me, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I, I'm a fan of both. Exactly. Um, it's and I don't think this is WWE going. And wanting to go head to head, yeah. Or you're they're afraid of going head to head anymore. Yeah, and I said, you know, my my thought process is I'm a big fan of having them both on the same night because it gave a very nostalgic feel to like two brands competing with one another, right? But ultimately speaking, AEW and NXT are the strongest brands of wrestling right now. Like. As good as Roman is, he's a highlight on an otherwise very... Well, I don't want to say that. SmackDown's good. SmackDown is extremely underrated right now, in my opinion. Because I think there's a lot of good wrestlers on SmackDown. Comparative to Raw. Unfortunately, Raw, Raw has a lot of name value, but not a lot of gumption, I should say. You know what I mean? But um, I, would be, I would be very interested, though. Because like we said... AEW and NXT are undercutting themselves being on the same night, right? They're, you know, they're, they're, they're cutting into their own audience, so to speak, by, by competing with one another. How big of a dick-swinging move would it be for AEW to move the Monday nights? Yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't recommend it. Because this is my thought process. Raw, Raw constantly floats at that like that two million mark, and that's on USA. So they've 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 dropped down. It's closer, probably it's like a million and a quarter, million and a half, give or take per week, right? AW floats at like that eight hundred to nine fifty, pretty consistently. That's kind of where they're at. They're usually not much lower. If they are, it's usually like a really down week. There's nothing really going on on the show. Whatever. I think 800,000 people still tune in on Monday night. I really do. And I think that hurts Raw tremendously. I do. I don't, I don't think, like me and you, I think we agree the two-hour format of NXT and AEW is kind of what makes it appealing, right? You're not stuck yes. here all night watching. Unless your third hour for Raw, you're going to make like crazy good and get people to be like, okay, AEW's over. I got to get over to Raw. I think AEW cuts into it. Because AEW does a lot of heavy stuff in the first hour. In the first like 15 minutes of each hour, so to speak. Whether it's a match. They always open up with a match, too. Which is something that WWE doesn't do. WWE almost always opens up on a promo. It's, it's, it's starting to change a little bit, I think. Like this past week, obviously, we got Drew and Sheamus pretty much right away. But even Drew came out and caught, what, like a five-minute promo before the match. AEW doesn't do that shit. They're just right to business. And I like that. And I think that's something I think we appreciate as wrestling stands. Like, we want to see wrestling. I didn't fucking tune in just to listen to this guy talk for 20 minutes. Um, but I, 
I don't know. I, and to be honest with you, we're going to find out one day. AEW is not going to stay on Wednesday nights. I, I can tell you that right now. And if they do, they're going to have a Monday night show. I would, I would almost put money on it that it's going to happen. Now, they're doing a Monday night show uh, with um, on YouTube to go along with Dark on Tuesdays. So you're getting, um, and that's where Big Show, Paul White, is, is going to be commentating. Um, but we'll get to that when we cover AEW. Um, so back to NXT, whatever. We, 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 that was a good conversation on, on the, the news of the potential move. Um, last week, you got a handful of matches. You got Caden Cross, or sorry, Karen Cross versus uh, Santo Escobar, um, Dexter Loomis versus Johnny Gargano. Uh, Swerve uh, attacking Leon Ruff, uh, Io Shirai beating some jobber. Zoe Stark, I don't want to disrespect her. She is a jobber, though. Uh, Zia Lee defeating Casey Catanzaro and taking her out after the match. Um, and then clearly making it intended that her next target was going to be um, Casey's tag team part- partner, Kaden. Um, then you got Grizzled Young Veterans beating Killian Dane and Drake Maverick. And then finally, like I said, the main event, Karrion Cross for Santo Escobar in a no disqualification match. Um, I think I asked a couple of weeks ago, like what 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 was the deal with Santo Escobar and Karrion Cross's feud? I must have like missed that along the way. And like you, you and I both said, you know, or you said like it, you think it's just like a one off thing, like they're gonna they're wrestling just to give them a program or whatever. Um, I think it was to elevate Santo Escobar, even though he lost the match, right? He's he's kind of been stuck in like the cruiser weight, you know. He no no, you know, disrespect to him, but like I think he's the next big Mexican star for the WWE. You know, I think he has good mainstream appeal um, for both the the Hispanic community and the American based community, and he can speak English. WWE is, has struggled tremendously over the last probably four to five years to find a you know, a, like a lot of foreign wrestlers, whether it be, you know, Lucha Libre or Japanese or whatever, it's been so long since they've, they've hit on one that could like speak English and really move and do the things that they wanted them to do. Like as much as I dislike the guy, I would say Alberto Del Rio is probably the last one the WWE really kind of hit on, so to speak, and got a decent amount out of. But I think Santo Escobar has a very bright future. Um, even though he is cru- he is technically being built as a cruiserweight, I think he has a, a, a lot. I think he has more protection p- potential than Amo, uh, Cian Amos did, or whatever the hell his name is now. Um, but the main event was pretty good, and then obviously we got Adam Cole at the end, um, turning his back on um, Roderick Strong and low blowing him and doing all that shit. Um, so. I'll let you, I'll let you give, I want to know your thoughts on the Adam Cole saga so far. I mean, it's fine. It's classic, uh, it's classic, you know, team breakup storytelling. And I think they're doing a good job. You know, they're not, they're not rushing everything. Um, so that's fine. Uh, you know, and, and I want to see where it goes. Obviously, you know, the, the, the end game here is Adam Cole wants to be NXT champion. Uh, that's the obvious end game, but, um, I, I thought that they, they did it well, you know, uh, everything has been 
been slow roll, but like eventually, uh, you know, everything's going to come to a head and, yeah. uh, and we'll, we'll see that probably, uh, uh, either on tonight's episode or, uh, yeah, or well, next week. I mean, like I said, we're, 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 we're watching it right now. And like you, you said, you know, to me, I hadn't got to that point yet, but I just, I just got done the Balor, um, Roderick Strong segment that we're going to get Finn Balor and Adam Cole next week for the NXT title. Um, like I said, very much in response to, um, very much in response to probably AEW's Revolution pay per view on Sunday. But at the same time, not a big deal, right? Like, it's a match that I think we're both interested in. There's 0% chance that Balor drops the belt next week. And if he does drop the belt, there's a 0% chance it's done clean, right? He's going to either get screwed or he's going to retain because somebody's going to come for their comeuppance against Adam Cole next week in that match. Whether it's Kyle O'Reilly or Roger Strong or maybe even a returning Bobby Fish comes in and tries, you know, and ends up costing him the match, whatever. Um, but yeah, so I definitely, you know, I definitely, I'm looking forward to it. Because I think it's going to be a good match regardless, right? There's a zero, there's a 0% chance the title changes hands, in my opinion, but there's a 0% chance this match isn't going to be great. Um, but yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. I think this is just the start of a very long program between Cole, Balor, and O'Reilly and company. Um, and then we'll move from there. We'll move, Let's move to SmackDown real quick and get through these results. Um, you got... Obviously, Roman opening the show. Daniel Bryan calling him out, basically calling him a, a biatch for uh, you know basically cashing in at Fastlane or at uh, Elimination Chamber. Um, and then Daniel Bryan versus Jay Uso later in the night would determine who would go on to face Roman Reigns at Fastlane. You then got a tag match between the Mysterios um, and Otis and Chad Gable. Um, Gable ends up. Uh, you know, dropping Dominic out of the ring before slamming right to the map, and then Otis delivers the win. Paulo Cruz came out and cut a very bland heel pro. Like I hate to say this, but Apollo is missing the the hurt business, like shine. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah. they they turned Apollo. Like I hate to say this because I like Shelton Benjamin and he fits really well. But I almost wish Apollo Crews was also involved in Hurt Business right now. So him and Cedric Alexander could be tagging together. Or even he could be the next U.S. title type level, mid-title guy. Because him on his own is just not... Something's not clicking. And I hate to say this, but like he's got way too nice of teeth and a smile to be a heel. <laughs> like, yeah, like I'm so I'm so used to him smiling. It's hard to dislike him. <laughs> yeah, it's very hard to dislike him, and he's got a very face baby face move set. It, it's tough, but these are all I guess positives for like, like Apollo. You're a really nice guy. Just can't see you being a bad guy. But then obviously they brought Nakamura out, um, and Nakamura's kind of been on a run too lately. Well, Apollo got the win which is very surprising to me. But I like it because I don't think it makes either of them look weak, and it, it should build a program. Start building these programs. Start building these undercard feuds that we want to be interested in. I would love a Nakamura face versus Apollo Crews heel program. I think it would work well. Um, 
Then you got Tamina Snooker versus Liv Morgan, and they've been pushing Tamina. She's like, well, I think she's won like three out of her last four matches that have been on television. Very quietly. People obviously aren't talking about it because it's Tamina Snuka, but at the same time, very quietly, she's starting to put together, string together some victories. Um, and then you got, uh, f- f- you know, finally Bianca Belair coming out and saying that she chose, she's choosing uh, Sasha Banks. Street Profits come back. They wrestle Sami Zayn and Baron Corbin. Um, before they end up, you know, getting a pretty easy win over two guys who have also been booked pretty strong to this point. But I don't think this made the Street Profits look any better. I just think, you know, it was kind of expected that they were going to win. Um, Seth Rollins comes out and basically shoots another like leadership or Messiah type promo. Uh, Cesaro comes out. Um, but as he comes out to confront Seth, Seth kind of tries to play like, oh, well, why don't we work together? And then Cesaro ends up, you know, beating him up. If there's two guys, like I said, these are all, fe- these are like under underlying feuds. I don't even call them undercard feuds, right? Like I would say an undercard feud is like a, a is like a title program, right? But if you're going to talk like underlying or just like, you know, hey, we're going to wrestle one, one match, one off match. Cesaro, you could do a lot worse than a Cesaro-Seth Rollins match, in my opinion. Like, if you're going to talk just in-ring work. Um, but this, this is showing you, right? right? Because we just had the conversation about Raw. Now we have the conversation about, like, the talent level on SmackDown is so much higher, in my opinion. Like, the ceiling is so much higher for every matchup that we just were talking about here, just based off of the, the wrestlers involved. Right. Uh, um, and then we got Daniel Bryan, Jey Uso at the end. Um, and sorry, I'm just reading the result of it. Um, Daniel Bryan gets the win if he beats Jey Uso. Um, and then they counted them both out. Isn't it? Is that what I'm reading? Yeah, it says the match was counted yeah. out as a two. Yeah, it was a get double count out. So what the fuck? I mean, it, we know inevitably it's going to set up Dan O'Brien, Roman Reigns at Fastlane. There's a zero percent chance there too that Roman's going to drop the belt because we know they they are doing everything in their power to make sure that Roman and Edge is set up for Mania. So I I think this is about a month too late, right? Like we we said that there was no need to have that second elimination chamber match with um. There's with, with all the the SmackDown guys, right? They could have done a they could have done a month's build up with Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns into Elimination Chamber. Shit, you could have had Roman drop the belt at Chamber and just win it back at Fastlane, right? Like, I just think you know, I think we're like a day late, dollar short on this feud because I do like Daniel Bryan. I think he's doing a lot of good stuff in the ring, and some of his best ring work has been over the last probably three to four months. But it's also crazy to think that Daniel Bryan is, you know, going to win this match, you know. But uh, what are your so? What are your thoughts, takeaways from SmackDown? Yeah, I mean, it's it's always the better of the the two main shows, so to speak. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I like it, none of it was surprising, right? Uh, Bianca choosing Sasha was a no brainer. Um, Brian not getting the uh, 
shot immediately. Also, like, that's one thing. Like, if it's a Daniel Bryan storyline and he's a face, he's got to work and work and work until yeah. finally somebody gives him a shot. I think if uh, if we're being, just to, to piggyback off of that real quick, if we're going to get a Daniel Bryan title run, it's going to be at SummerSlam. He will beat Roman. So, Roman will drop the, the belt by summer if Daniel Bryan's going to win it this year, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I'd be shocked if, if Edge doesn't win. <laughs> you know what would be a really cool premise or idea is he wins and then turns back, turns heel. Like, I think we all agree rated R superstar Edge is way better than this veteran you know, comeback story edge. Like he's a character. Yeah. He's more compelling as like, you know, the, 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 the cheat and the, you know, whatever, like I'm more interested in that edge. And like I said, I, I am interested in Roman and edge. I think it's going to be a good match, um, but it'd be definitely interesting to see how they, they go about it. Um, yeah. I agree. But yeah, so um, no news on big E, no real developments in the IC title picture, which is kind of weird. You would think after, not featuring it in Elimination Chamber, they would want to feature it a little bit more at Fastlane so they could build up to, you know, obviously it's going to be defended on one of the nights of WrestleMania. Um, but who the fuck knows? They'll probably just throw it in a goddamn ladder match and call it a fucking day because that's what they do. Um, But yeah, so let's move off of WWE. Uh, not much more other than what we covered going on there. Um, Still no word on when... WrestleMania tickets are going to go on sale. A lot of stuff obviously has changed in just the last seven days as far as lockdowns and regulations and things like that. I'm coaching high school football. Uh, we're still having games canceled for metrics and numbers, wearing masks, doing all this stuff. And other states like Texas, Mississippi, and Florida are now 100% mask-free and, and open. Um, so I have no idea what's going to happen in regards to WrestleMania or what restrictions are going to be or what what is going to go on as a result. But at the same time, I'm not really big on the idea that they're waiting this long to put tickets out. It worries me. Like it almost worries me to the point that like, they don't know how to logistically do this and do it safely. So that's what I'm, I'm kind of concerned with. Uh, other news from WWE real quick. Um, fans are already, are now starting to ask questions about, the Peacock network because there's a lot of features we're losing with with this switch to Peacock. Apparently, if you're going to watch a WWE pay-per-view, you have to watch it from start to finish. It will not be made available immediately after, and you cannot potentially cannot rewind and fast forward in the midst of the pay-per-view like a lot of people have become accustomed to. That raises a lot of concerns for a lot of different reasons. Obviously, people like, you know, I start, I usually start my pay-per-views about a half an hour early or a half an hour late just because of timing and, you know, family and bullshit, but also because I like to be able to fast forward through any bullshit I don't want to watch. You know what I mean? Um, right. So there's some, there's some concerns, right? And there's also concerns too because it's not available everywhere. Peacock is not an app that's readily available. You have to have like a Roku, a Google Chrome, or an Android smart TV. So like I, I'm using Amazon. I have two Amazon um, televisions in my basement with a Fire Stick hooked up to my Vizio. It's not available on Fire TV. It's not available on uh, 
there's another one that's not available. Oh, Samsung televisions, which apparently is the leading smart television choice in the United States. Um, and it's funny because I have a Samsung in my living room. So either you have to go out and buy a Roku or buy a Google TV or whatever, or you have to have a PS4 or PS5, essentially, to watch WWE now. Um, I'm lucky enough that I have a PlayStation set up where, where I watch most of my pay-per-views, so that shouldn't be an issue for the time being. But when you want to watch other WWE content, you got to, you know, basically you're married to one room or whatever. Um, but yeah, that, that came out. Um, obviously, we said the news of moving from Wednesdays to uh, Tuesdays for them. But yeah, so other than that, not much, not much, uh, not much in way of results or news for WWE as far as the last week or so. Um, so let's move on to AEW. So speaking of news for AEW, um, and I guess really, um, oh, I just saw this article just popped up. AEW partners with Cinemark to host Revolution pay-per-view showings. The announcement indicates tickets are $20 at Cinemark.com or on the Cinemark app, and fans can enjoy a large soda of meat and popcorn. So you can go sit in the theaters on Sunday and watch the pay-per-view. That's pretty fucking cool. I'm not going to lie. That's a pretty fucking smart marketing tactic. I don't know how many people are going to do it, because I, yeah. li- I literally just... Re- the fucking article came out today. It's five days' notice. Shit, for 20 bucks, though, it's cheaper than the pay-per-view. Pay-per-view's going to cost you 50 bucks at home. Whatever. Um, sorry. So, yeah. So, uh, obviously, we have the pay-per-view coming up Sunday. Um, they're doing a casino tag team battle Royal at the beginning. Um, other big news, uh, the signing a big show. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about you, but when some, some, a buddy of mine sent that to me, they're like, yeah, big show signed with AEW. I'm like, shut the fuck up. I'm like, no, well, I, I know I sent it to you pretty early. Yeah. And I was like, shut the, uh, it was, it was you. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was my <laughs> other rest. I'm like, I'm like, shut the fuck up. No way. <laughs> like of all the people like you know next to him the only other one that i'd be like would never sign the other only other two would be taker and mark henry i would have never thought those three guys would be in a different company but what i'm i'm guessing is is big show's not done big show wants to go out on his terms like he wants to wrestle and he wants to ride off into the sunset very similar to what's going on with sting right Sting's not done. Sting thinks that he has more left in the tank to offer. Whether or not he does or doesn't is, is, is remains to be seen. But do I think that the last match, and I know you're not a big Sting guy, but you, you probably respect Big Show. You know, I mean, you, you respect Sting too. Do you think their last matches should be leaving out on a stretcher for Sting or getting squashed by Braun Strowman for Big Show? Guys with their their career accolades and recommend like, do they have to go? Do they have to go over and be the hero or whatnot? No, not at all. No, I, and and here's my thing. Like, uh, there's a thing within in the wrestling industry. Like, you know, when you when you reach your time, like, with very few exceptions, right? Like, you you go out on your back. Like, that's that's how it, that's how it goes. I mean, look at Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle lost. At Mania to Baron Corbin to Baron Corbin and but do you it, want and this is the thing though I don't want to I don't want to see any more Kurt Angles 
I don't want to see any more guys that come on and do, and by the way, watching AEW currently, Tully Blanchard just got a victory. Yes, you heard that right. In 2021, Tully Blanchard just won a match on televised TV for professional wrestling. Um, God fucking, I love you so much, AEW, but I hate you at the same fucking time. Um, but uh, my thing is, I don't want more Kurt Angles who come in and do like talk shows or podcasts and they're like, yeah, that's not how I wanted to do things. You know what I mean? Or that's not what I expected of my last hurrah. Right. You know what I mean? And it's sad. It really is. Like it's like watching that, watching that interview with Stone Cold and Kurt Hangle almost as a wrestling fan breaks your heart. You know what I mean? Like you're like, damn, like this is a guy that, it, for all respective purposes, Kurt Angle is a fucking legend. Not just as a professional wrestler, but as an amateur wrestler with a broken neck. You know what I mean? Like, right. it, it, it's sad when he makes that statement of like, I'm, I didn't think like that was going to be my end. And like, you're like, damn, like, and you know, Sting was thinking the same shit and you know that Big Show was probably thinking the same shit. Like they want to go out and feel good about it. You know, not everybody gets an Undertaker moment, like gets to put his hat down the ring, gets to do whatever. Not everybody gets a Ric Flair WrestleMania moment. Like I understand that, but to like go out like with some pride is probably something most of these guys want, right? You don't want to be, you don't want to be almost degrade it to a sense and Kurt was that fucking match at mania was pathetic the whole program was pathetic they treated him like trash like dude this guy gave you a better part of his youth and his prime and this is this is how you're like okay we're sending you to the door I can understand mistreating Sting almost to a degree because you're like you are our biggest fucking adversary for forever and you fucked us time and time again by not signing so guess what now that you're with us we're going to put over our guys and make them look great um, but whatever. So we'll see. I don't think Big Show's done. I think you're going to get probably two or three matches out of him. Honestly, I think he came to AEW because he wants to wrestle Shaq. Like, it sounds stupid, but I know he's pushed for that match for like three or four years. Speaking of Big Show, he just, just came up on, on my screen. Um, but, um, yeah, so it, it'll be interesting to see where that, that flows to. Uh, last week's AEW Dynamite, though, we obviously got uh, Moxley opening the show versus um, Ryan Namath, uh, a.k.a. Dolph Ziggler's brother. Um, Moxley with an easy squash win. Commercial break, Young Bucks uh, shown or sh- were shown earlier arriving with Papa Buck in the back and showing off their faces on the back of the, you know, the, a- uh, the AEW trucks. Um, why... Like, that's necessary. Like, dude, you guys are the fucking EVPs. Of course, your faces are going to be on shit. Um, and we're a year into this. Your dad hasn't seen that truck before. <laughs> Just, sorry. Um, the Varsity <laughs> Blondes ends up wrestling Team Chat, uh, team, team Taz. Um, obviously, it's, you know, Team Taz for the win. Uh, the setup, you know, some momentum heading into Revolution. Darby Allen and Sting... Uh, Sting brings out uh, Taz's son in a body bag, opens him up, and then, uh, you know, obviously chaos ensues. Darby Allen comes ziplining in via um, the bleed, the, the nose bleeds, very reminiscent of early Crow Sting, and his face paint is starting to match things. It's 
I enjoy it. I like Darby Allen a whole lot. I think he's a great, you know, a great character for, for AEW. But I just think this feud's not really doing much to build him. Where I think as if Darby Allen versus, say, like Ricky Starks or Brian Cage in an individual feud for the TNT title would have helped get him over a little bit more. But it is a cool way to introduce Sting into the into the company. Um, Hager versus Brandon Cutler. Why anybody thought Brandon Cutler was going to win would be beyond me. Hagler, or sorry, Hager uh, with an easy squash win. Uh, then we get Papa Buck getting beat up in the backstage area by Jericho and MJF, throwing him against the same truck that he was shown earlier by the Young Bucks um, and him getting put into a um, ambulance. Then you got Isaiah Cassidy versus Matt, or sorry, versus Adam Page. Um, Adam Page is woefully underrated in my opinion and deserves a much higher spot on the card than what he's getting. But I think until this whole stuff with Moxley is done, Kenny's going to be preoccupied with that. Hopefully this barbed wire match is the end of their rivalry run so to speak i hope so yes (laughs) Uh, and we'll get to that in a sec um the native beast nyla rose versus Britt baker both uh three and oh or both undefeated respectively for the year um to this point Britt is by far the most improved wrestler over the last 12 months and she's gotten much much better within the ring and her character fucking work is flawless in my opinion she's probably the best heel female in AEW. Um, and instead of rewarding that, we put Nyla Rose back in the fucking main event picture for some reason. I have, I have no idea who she's wrestling next week. I have no idea who the Japanese female is that won the, 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 the foreign side of the bracket. But I pray to fucking Jesus that they beat Nyla Rose. I really do. I fucking pray to my Lord and Savior. Ryo Mizu, Mizunami, Mizunami, please beat Nyla Rose on Sunday. Please. I'm so, I'm so fucking tired of Nyla Rose. Like I tried to give her credit where credit was due for all the firsts and things that she was doing. She, she and Nia Jax could both just go somewhere else and I wouldn't bat a fucking eyelash. And you know me, I am critical of people, right? I'm critical of people and, and, and wrestlers and things like that, but I'm never critical to the point that I'm like, I, I wish this person would lose their job, but those are two people. I wish they would lose their jobs. I'm, I just, I have no, I have no, I have no, no sympathy for saying that. I really do. I don't think either of them bring any brand value whatsoever, but we're going to probably Nyla Rose is getting ready to wrestle now. Um, in this, this finals match to see who sets up for the title match on Sunday. So hopefully she gets beat. If she doesn't, I'm going to be pissed off in the next 10 to 15 minutes. Um, then we move on to the main event, murder Hawk, Lance Archer and Ray Phoenix. Um, three and one for on the year for Ray Phoenix, one and one for Lance Archer, um, to see who was going to go into the ladder match. Number one contender match ladder match for, um, the TNT title, which currently had Pentagon, Scorpio Sky, and Cody Rhodes in it prior to this match last week. Um, Lance Archer ends up uh, winning via blackout and pinfall. Uh, I'm a big fan of this. I think Lance Archer deserves to win. To be honest with you, I think he deserves the title opportunity, but just reading the names in the match, I have to go with Pentagon Jr. He's my favorite, favorite Lucha. So if you could set up a you know a Pentagon Junior versus Darby Allen feud, I think that would be interesting. But 
We'll see. Um, I think Lance Archer, since, and, and it's crazy to say this, since the death of Brody Lee, I don't know if there's a more entertaining in-ring guy right now than Lance Archer. He's doing big spots. He's doing, you know, the technical side of things in the ring. And when he needs to pull out that brawler mentality, I think he he does a good job with that. Um, and and I think he's I think he's being utilized pretty well by AEW right now. He's definitely a guy that's building himself up to the top. Um, you know, the, the topper echelon of the AEW pecking order, so to speak. Um, but let's talk a little revolution um, to wrap up on. You have uh, moving into Sunday, as of right now, you have, which by the way, I'm actually going to fast forward so we can talk about the women's title match. Um, you have the exploding barbed wire death match at the end. Let's say that for the end. Uh, the women's title match will be Hikaru Shida versus the winner of tonight's finals match which I think if I can just give me one second, I'll be able to tell you who won. Um, Motherfudger. It was, it was the, it was the uh, Japanese, and then uh, the Japanese female, and then Hikaru Shida came out and struck her afterwards. So I don't know if that was a heel turn for Shida or what. Whatever. Um, so Sheeta versus the, the winner of the cup, um, AEW tag titles, Young Bucks versus MJF and Chris Jericho, uh, street fight tag team match between team Taz Sting and Darby Allen, the number one contendership ladder match. I just spoke about Matt Hardy versus Adam page in a payday match, orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor versus Miro and Kip Sabian. And then a tag team casino battle Royal at the beginning, um, for, I would assume a number one contendership match at a later date and time, which I'm going to say right now, FTR is going to win. Um, that, that makes, does that make the most sense to you? I mean, I know it does to you cause you love FTR, but yeah, I mean, um, they should, they should, but let's see if AEW continues to disappoint Charlie in the tag team realm or not. Um, so on top of all of that, you get the main event, the exploding bar wire match between Kenny Omega and John Moxley. I personally thought we were done this rivalry when Kenny beat him. For the belt. I didn't think we needed to move on with another match. But apparently we do. So now we're going to get another match. Um, what are you hoping out of that match? Are you hoping for the, the, the physicality and the brutality that, we're, that people are expecting from it? No. Because okay. I, don't, I don't care for those types of matches. <laughs> I don't either. I can't say that I've, I've sat through many barbed wire matches. Okay? So... I'm intrigued for the, the just the general concept idea that they're going to do it, right? They're a major, what we consider a major wrestling company, right? We don't, we don't consider them minor leagues like some people do. They're on par. They're up there, production value, money, whatever. They're there. But it's very interesting that they're going to do this type of match, in my opinion. Um, I'm hoping it's the end. I'm hoping Moxley doesn't win <laughs> because if he wins, then that means we're going to get another match between the two of them. And it's not that I don't like their matches. I think the match up until John, Don Cal's getting involved in all the shenanigans, it, that 
pure wrestling match was the best match that they've had with one another since the full gear match in Baltimore, which was another hardcore match, but that wasn't worn out in style by then. You know what I mean? Like we weren't, we weren't tired of the Moxley hardcore persona yet. We're kind of waned on it. We're almost, we're an entire year later. Like I'm, I'm tired of it. I'm like, I'm the same boat as Charlie. Um, who do you want Kenny to wrestle next? Who do you want to come? Who, who's the next person you want to see Kenny get into a program with? Um, you know what? I don't know right now. I know long-term what I want and that's, I want him to fight, uh, Adam page. Yes. And, uh, when, and I want page to win. So I guess put him up against, you know, the, whoever impact has, let him win a title, let him run around it and pretend to be champion for another company. And then, um, Next year, you know, maybe next year's revolution. This is where, you know, the build for Adam Page can can finally pay off and Kenny will lose everything and, and that'll be uh the end of the belt collector, Kenny. I'm hope what so so I think in it, I agree with you. I think there needs to be a much longer build to him and, and Adam. I want to see him wrestle Pac. Pac is technically the only person to have ever beaten Kenny Omega in AEW in a in a regulated like singles match. So I would like to see him wrestle Pac because he puts Pac on weekly television, which I think they need to start to do. He's he's woefully underrated as a heel. And it would be an interesting and I say I say when I say Pac's a heel, it's a very like thin-lined heel. You know what I mean? Like he walks that line pretty well of like not being a, like he's a he's he's a very tweener type character. He's very much like Finn is right now in WWE or NXT. Like one week you're kind of like, is he a bad guy? And you're like, oh no, he's a good guy this week. Like, but he he caters the line well. So I think him in a program with like arrogant, self-absorbed Kenny Omega would be a very good program. Um, and like I said, it elevates him to the main event title picture, and that's cool. Um. Cody doubled down apparently this past week and said that he has absolutely no intentions of getting into the main event title picture. He's plans on sticking to his word of not putting himself in the main event picture. I think that is fucking stupid. I'm a Cody Rhodes fan. I get why he's doing it. I get the perception of why he's doing it, but it's fucking stupid. Like at this point, like we know. So, if you're booking it, how do you how do you get Cody Rhodes into the title picture even though he has this stipulation in place? How do you book him into the how do you book him into having a title opportunity? I you gotta turn him heel, I guess. I was gonna That's say it. it's gotta be heel, right? It's gotta be a heel turn. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with Cody turning heel. But you know who I think you turn heel to, or who he has if that's gonna be the case. I think Adam Page has to win the belt. Right? Adam Babyface beats Kenny. Heel. Yeah. Adam gets a decent run. Who turns on him? Naturally, Cody. Makes sense, right? Um, so, yeah. Are you are you interested or excited about su- Sunday? I'm very interested in why, like, they, them moving it to a Sunday. I don't, they, they're always Saturday, right? Why, why change that formula? I thought that was a good move, right? I thought that was a solid idea. 
Um, but who the hell knows? Um, but are you? Is there anything you're you're looking forward to out of Sunday's pay per view with the lineup that we have so far? Um, no, I mean, there's not, there's not a whole lot, uh, you know, like everything kind of seems like, you know, I, I think I can call every match, but, um, uh, just, uh, okay. I, I, if, if anything, I just want the, the Kenny and, uh, uh, I almost said Ambrose, uh, Kenny and Omega. Kenny, Kenny and Moxley. And, you'll get it right. You'll get it right on the third time. Kenny and Moxley. You said Kenny and Omega. <laughs> uh so AW, so so okay, so call for me. Let's call call the card down from start to finish. Uh, I'll give you the match. You give me the winner. Uh, world title match. World title? Yeah. Kenny. Women's title match. Uh. <laughs> Her card is Sheeta uh, or the. Shida. I'm 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 gonna say Sheeta. Okay. Tag title match. Ooh. Uh. Bucks. Okay. Uh, street fight. Taz, Team Taz or Sting and Darby? Sting and Darby, unfortunately. Uh, number one contendership match uh, for the TNT title. Pentagon, Scorpio Sky, Cody Rhodes, or Lance Archer? Archer. Adam Page, Matt Hardy? Page. Chuck Taylor, and Orange Cassidy, or uh, Miro and Kip Sabian? Uh, best friends. Hmm, that's an interesting one. And then obviously a tag team casino battle royal. Who's walking away? Uh, FTR. Okay. I think I agree with you on on pretty much all of those, um, except I think Miro and Kip Sabian are going to go over because I think Miro is going to. You know what? I say that, but that might be the split of Miro and Kip at that moment. If he, if they lose, I think that's what happens. Um. I'm also watching NXT real quick just to, to make a statement. Um, uh, LA Knight is is making his in-ring, I guess, debut. Funny thing, you know that that's not supposed to be his name, right? When they, when they filed for the trademark, they trademarked the wrong name. They wanted LA Knight, like N-I-G-H-T. And somebody, whoever filed the, the copyright paperwork, put Knight as in like... Knight of arm, you know, armor kind of <laughs> that's classic WWE. Well, obviously they ran with it. It's not a bad name either way. Um, I would have much preferred he kept his original, um, stuff, but I understand why guys change their shit when they come in. Um, I also, I agree with your bucks prediction though, for, for the titles, just for the simple fact that I think that will start the deterioration between the team of Chris Jericho and MJF. Um, but um, yeah, so I'm excited for it. I'm actually really interested now in uh, the Cinemark thing. I think that's a that's a very interesting move for AEW um, to do, right? Because I I mean obviously we don't know how much, you know I don't know how much money they're gonna make off of that. But you figure if I'm paying fifty bucks to watch it at home, uh, that's one payment of fifty dollars. If they put a theater of fifteen to twenty people. You know, if you did ten, it's two hundred bucks, right? They're only paying the movie theater probably what one for 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 one showing, so fifty bucks. That's a pretty solid profit for for AEW. And they used to do this with with closed circuit television back in the day, right? For WrestleMania and all the other stuff too. Um, so that's an interesting development. 
um, for, for the wrestling community, especially during a pandemic era. So it'd be interesting to see how available that's going to be. Um, but yeah, other than that, not much else in way of news for professional wrestling or results. Uh, obviously, we'll be back next week with the results of Revolution, as well as the results of um, Friday Night SmackDown and Monday Night Raw. Um, and we'll cover a little bit what's happening tonight um, on AEW and NXT next week as well. Um, but this is with our with our new release schedule. Obviously, this is coming out a little later on um, on Wednesday. It'll probably be up um, and available around 10 p.m. Wednesday night, but it will be available all throughout the week um, with plenty of breakdown, obviously plenty of predictions going into um, Sunday's event and moving forward. Uh, we will also be releasing our f- hot off the press uh, issue number 52 on Friday um, as a part of our new release schedule. And we will be going over this week's releases of comics uh, moving on from how we used to do it, where we were kind of covering like a week or so behind. Um, so to keep everything fresh and current for, for our current listeners. Um, if you're not doing so already, give us a follow, give us a like um, and subscribe to the show. So you get, caught up on all the latest issues um, and episodes through your favorite podcasting format. Follow us on social media at, at DGI Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, we've gotten more active again on Instagram and, and Facebook. Um, good, you know, daily graphics, news, anything that breaks, we try to be on top of it and get it out to you um, guys and gals. Um, any final thoughts moving into the weekend with Revolution and WWE as far as build to Fastlane and the road to WrestleMania? No. Uh, <laughs> sorry. So, so, so I'll take your silence as a no. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, I had it on mute because uh, uh, somebody is still awake right now. <laughs> it's okay. It's only a school. Nah. Right. Well, it, well, it, luckily it was Cam. So, yeah. like, he doesn't have school. Wait, <laughs> wait, wait. He does have school tomorrow, but he'll be, be okay. It's, he'll be fine. It's He's, okay. Wrestling's on the television, so time doesn't matter. <laughs> Right. Oh, man. Uh, Dude, I was just thinking about it, though. If they do go to Tuesday, so that means Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. Mm -hmm. And not to mention any, like, so just. I don't mind it for one reason, one reason only. I watch Monday Night Raw pretty much. I get a good portion of it every week at work during dinner when we sit down to eat dinner. I don't mind the idea of Tuesday nights either because I'm usually either off or at work. And in, it, it, I'm not doubling and tripling up, so, so to speak, right? Like, I have both of them on the televisions right now, but I'm not listening to either of them. I have closed caption on, obviously, because we're recording. But even if I wasn't, one of them would be on mute and one of them would have the sound. So, like, I'm going to go back regardless and watch both of these shows again. Um just so I can hear the commentary and listen to the promos and things like that later on. But I think it makes it easier for us to consume the product without having like the stress of being like, oh shit, now I got to watch this one too, to stay up on top of it. And you know what I mean? Like, and it's not contentious. We like watching it. It just, it's a lot when you're, you know, you're packing two in the one night, this allows you to spread it out a little bit more, right? You don't have to stress so much about getting things done. And we'll have more to cover on Wednesdays, in my opinion, because um, now we'll have all, all, pretty much all WWE from Wednesday to Wednesday will have occurred, essentially, right? 
the first right. thing that we get to cover brand new every week will be SmackDown or a pay-per-view, essentially. Where AEW, we're always going to be covering the previous weeks and having, you know, that night having more results come down the pipeline, so to speak. Um, but yeah, it is. It is a lot. But hey, we're here for it. Um, so, and then obviously yep. we'll, we'll, push, we'll push out other, you know, stuff as it comes. Um, uh, New Japan. Uh, and one result we didn't cover was Moxley beat um, Kenta to retain the title for the for the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship. And they also announced the combination of the belts for the IWGP Intercontinental and Heavyweight with Kota Ibushi. Uh, they're actually going, it's the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion is the new belt. Um, and Kota Ibushi would be the first ever holder of that belt. So we'll get a new New Japan belt here in the next couple of weeks. And they have some of the best title designs in the business. So I'm extremely excited for that. And they must listen to our podcast because we suggested that they combine the belts months ago. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so uh, that about does it. That'll wrap us up for tonight. Uh, We'll get back outside the ring and let the professionals do their jobs. Um, So Mm -hmm. if I I have nothing else, if Charlie has nothing else, he can send us home. All right, man. Uh, As always, thanks everybody for listening. And uh, Mark, go ahead and, Get our music.